Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 124 of the Dance Speak podcast with Natonia Monet. Natonia's credits include Tina on Broadway. She's danced in productions such as West Side Story, The Wiz. TV credits include Ray Donovan and Z, the beginning of everything. So, of course, you know, one of the things we had to talk about that we got to talk about in this interview is Natonia's experience getting booked on getting hired for the original cast of Tina on Broadway. And then her journey as, unfortunately, COVID, the pandemic, has overtaken the world, Broadway shut down, and how she's been handling it and what it was like, you know, every step. We also talk about her earlier education, how she created the dream of being on Broadway from originally um, wanting to be, well, she'll get into it. You know what? I won't even tell you. You have to listen to the interview. We also talk about her plant motherhood her various different projects and the ways that she has stayed creative in this time. So it's a wonderful, heartfelt, but also fun episode. All, all of the above as life, you know, can, can be, can be sometimes all of the above a plethora of things. I want to thank everyone who's been following our Instagram. Be sure to follow us at dance speak podcast. Thank you for sharing and tagging us in your posts. Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, and you can always keep in touch. We check our DMs and our email, dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com. Hey guys, my name is Galit Friedlander. I've worn many hats in the dance world over the last 15 plus years, and have created Dance Speak as a platform for people in the dance industry to share their stories and blueprints for success. So listen up and get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and get personal with the people behind the movements you love. Hello. <gasps> what? <laughs> this? What if? What if I had found out that like you didn't exist? It's a robot, and this is all part of conspiracy. Whichever conspiracy it is. I I don't I don't know. But that was just so weird. I was like. It just, it was just the circle. It wouldn't let me do anything. It wouldn't even let me close out, so. Just circles, just running lives, you know? Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) how do you, I'm going to jump into it. Is that cool? Cool, let's go. So, I mean, it already started. It already started. Okay, so I I went to your website, and I just was, like, so happy, because I thought, I was, like, a stream of consciousness. I love this, and Cinnabons, (laughs) and I did, and, yeah, I'm, like, Sometimes, because I, if I may, I mean, I, I might not be as brilliant, but if I may, like, I'll kind of go into that when I'm writing or I'm talking and I'm like, either I'll make sense or no one will pay attention or I'll be committed, maybe a mixture of all of them. Yeah, I'm, I feel like my writing is all over the place. I don't have a style per se, but I will try to include a Cinnabon in everything. <laughs> Where does your love of Cinnabon come from? I think it started in high school. It started in high school when um, we used to go to the mall with our friends. And, you know, they always had like a Cinnamonster or a Cinnabon in the mall. And funny part is I actually don't really like sweets that much. Like for my birthdays, I would never eat the cake. So my mom discovered that I didn't like cake when I was five. So every birthday that she got cake, it was really for her or it was really for the people at the birthday party. And she would cut out my name and save my name for what? I'm not <laughs> So, <laughs> um, yeah, I really don't like sweets. I'm a salt girl. I love chips. So the Cinnabon is, is, is strange. And I'm obsessed with them and the cream cheese frosting because it's not too sweet. And uh, they're just so good it's like crack as I, I will follow cinnabon anywhere oh goosebumps i was in i was just in a teacher's training from a physical therapist and first of all i'm i'm wondering if every warm-up i've ever taken ever almost is like wrong after no okay so it was without going down the rabbit hole it was um led by a it's a physical therapy group in LA called Sugarfoot Therapy. They work with dancers. So it's like a physical therapist and they have some more, I think. 
and it's co-run by someone who's a dancer choreographer. So they've like combined forces. They're married. Um, not saying it like, so they've like, they're always together. They've combined forces and they give very specialized training for teachers and dancers because they have both sides of expertise. Okay. And she's going through all of these, like, I promise this podcast will not be about this, but she's going through <laughs> all these like warmups and exercises and targeting, which I do a lot of that. But from the physical therapy perspective, and it's just like, oh, wow, so much, you know, it, for instance, at least by, by the studies that they've gone with and everything, like static stretching, holding a position, you mm-hmm. should really do it for more than 30 seconds, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Or, you know, before going into a lunge to stretch out your quad, tuck the pelvis, engage the glute and get that top of the ham, uh, hamstring quad, the hip flexor. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but there was a lot of stuff they were showing and then they're kind of showing what not to do. And I was like, oh, this is so many dance classes I've ever taken. Not to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. A lot of ballet teachers. I remember in ballet, we couldn't drink water. So there's that. And your muscles need water. I mean, a lot of things. Yeah. Yes. So all that to say, while we're in the middle of it, I was so hungry that I was (laughs) the one person going off camera and like trying to do a like a a silent chew and just wondering how <laughs> everyone else is not starving. You and it was how many that. hours, like three hours? It was four hours and I had a workout at the top and I can't eat usually within two hours of a workout. I like, I, I really had to think about it and consider it. And I just wouldn't have absorbed any information if I didn't eat. Oh, I would have been snacking all through the, throughout that thing. I like that. Yeah. No, I was looking. No one else seemed to be snacking. I, I didn't see a protein <laughs> drink, and I wondered. <laughs> and no. that's how we. That's how we got here today. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna go all over the map. I love that I you're hope gay. You ate. I oh, hope I did you because okay. also I was like I pictured I projected myself into the future, and I said if we have an interview and I haven't eaten, it's just no bueno. It is. Mm-hmm. Could have been it interviewed by a piece of toast just it was a like a like a wet rag uh you know I can't yeah like I can fake it but I can't you know you would have been thinking about that the whole time it would have consumed you it would have so I won't do that to you I won't do that to the listener I won't do it to myself but I do wonder why eating isn't implemented more often built into things you know what I mean Mm mm-hmm just Except like elementary school and their lunch. Remember in elementary school, lunch used to be at like ten thirty. <laughs> it's like it's so early, but it's it doesn't seem early right now to me at this point. I I, I was always hungry in school, and then in high school, I didn't realize that I just didn't pack big enough lunches, and my pants were too tight, and my hair was too tight, so I'd leave school with a stomach ache and a headache and hangry <laughs> and, like, hormonal. <laughs> and it was torture, and I didn't quite understand what was happening. I just, you know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I feel for those kids and that and eating, having a scheduled eating lunchtime. Everything is scheduled. Yeah. You know? I just want to snack when I want to snack. And, you know, you can't eat in class. So bless those children. In high school, though, you could. And I took full reign. I was eating in every single class. I had my baby carrots, my almonds. <laughs> I like really healthy stuff. And then I go baby home carrots. and I, but I didn't realize they don't fill you up. I go yeah. home, I eat a big tub of popcorn, top ramen noodles. I'd be like, leave me alone. And then I'd eat all the salt. <laughs> all of the salt in the universe. And so to bring it around on your website, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed, and thanks for being uh, down for the adventure of this conversation, on your website, <laughs> you wear these, these wonderful hats. And so we have com- com- like sketch comedy. I was going to say comedy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What are the hats? Okay. If somebody asked you for all of your hats, what, do you, what are the hats you wear? Oh, my gosh. Okay, hats. So let's see. I am classically trained in dance, uh, emphasis in ballet and modern. There's a hat. Uh, <laughs> and then we have uh, singing. Um, I didn't start, well, I mean, I sang in the choir in high school after I uh, decided, well, I didn't decide, but I couldn't be in band anymore because I was a cheerleader. So when you're a cheerleader, you can't play in the marching band, and that was a requirement of taking band. So 
when I couldn't be in band anymore, my mom said, you're going to do something musically. So she put me in the high school choir. And uh, I used to sing in my church choir and I hated every second. So I didn't really, though, really like study it until I moved to New York after I graduated. So there's that second hat. And then we have the acting hat, uh, which I studied in high school a little bit because I went to the Center for the, uh, Center for the Arts High School, but mostly got most of my training here in New York. And then we have the improv hat. And improv led to sketch comedy. And uh, now we have a writing hat. So, uh, yeah, I think... And with the writing and creating your own content comes the director hat. And I'm a plant mom now, so that hat. (laughs) (laughs) A plant mother. I'm a plant mother. (laughs) There's that hat. Um, When I say I'm a plant mother, I'm really a plant mother. And it it didn't start until this pandemic. I got some plants. One plant, I overwatered. She got fungus gnats. And I... I'm a Virgo in the truest form where I was like, we're going to get rid of these things and not knowing you can't really get rid of fungus gnats when you get them. But I was like, I don't care. I took the plant to, cause it's a Swiss cheese plant. So it's big. I took the plant. I was like, I'm not throwing this plant away. I took the plant to the nursery and we got rid of all the soil. We washed the roots, wash. I mean like wash the roots. She got all new soil. She got uh, some plant food and uh, she got some hydrogen peroxide to really clean her out. And I brought her back home and she had this little stick on her with um, like a tie to hold her up. Cause you know, after her surgery, she was like, <laughs> so um, like I really had plant surgery for my plant. That's what kind of mother I am. And I just took her little stint off and she's standing straight up now. I just took it off like three days ago and she had surgery two weeks ago. So that's the kind of plant mother I am. And we, we got rid of those, those fungus gnats. There's like one or two lingering around, but yeah. I'm guessing a fungus gnat is a gnat that lingers around fungus that grows in a plant. Okay. Yep. I yep, yep. Just in case it was like a, a, I don't know what else it would be. Just, you know. And yeah. so, I mean, all of, these, all of these hats, really, to me, they connect. But when you introduce yourself, like, how do you break it down? I'm always obsessed with this, with people that are multi-passionate. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you've experienced this. I'd love to hear. I'm probably just um, projecting. But sometimes I get I feel like, you know, I'm like, I do like fitness and dance and blah, blah, blah. But people are like, but what do you do? Or like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. you know, they don't understand you can kind of do everything. Do you have a way? Does that ever happen to you? And how when you meet somebody, what's your elevator pitch or your, you know, how you explain what you do? In a sense, I think the best even though Instagram algorithm is a fart right now, I think it had decided it best um, because it, it, I just put artists, artists. Cause I, I'm not gonna put, I'm not just an actor and you know, I'm not gonna toss dance like on the freeway cause I spent most of my life doing that. So I'm an artist and, and that's fine. Um, if, if somebody had to ask me, cause I would, I would always say, you know, as far as Debbie Allen's concerned with her, um, starting out in dance and then getting into Broadway and then doing TV, more acting. I love like saying that, um, she played Anita in West Side and I played Anita in West Side one time, but as far as the comedy element, I don't. I'm Papa. Uh, I'm like maybe. I mean, I don't know. I can't really say Eartha Kit or I don't really know another black female dancer, actor, like writer, comedic. I don't uh, sketch comedy. I don't. I don't know. Mm. Maybe I'll be the first. Hopefully, I'll get somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are somewhere. Which brings me to when? At what point did you know you wanted to be on Broadway? At what point did you really see I'm going to be on Broadway? Uh, the point was we all have these crazy dreams when we're in high school. I said I'm going to be 
an obstetrician and a Laker girl at the same time, not knowing you probably can't do that at the same time. If you're an obstetrician, like you're probably on call, you're delivering babies. Like how are you going to be at a game dancing? And then somebody's like, Oh, I need my baby. Then you got to go. You can't do that. So, but that was always what I wanted to do. And then I was like, okay, I'll be a physical therapist for the Lakers and, and the Laker girl at the same time. But Natonia, you, during the time where you're dancing on the court is the time where they're treating the players. You can't do that. <laughs> so I'll be an ESPN analyst and I'll be a Laker girl. I always had dance in there. Well, you had Laker girl, like more specifically. Okay. Right. Laker girl, Laker girl, Laker girl. I knew of Broadway when I was little, but I was a prima ballerina. So that wasn't really my focus. Um, when I got into college, and since I was my BFA is in dance and Florida State emphasized ballet and modern, you know, all these people were graduating and going into these like dance companies. And I was like, I don't want to get paid scraps. I don't want to do that. So what can I do? And then I was like, oh, I, oh, look at these Broadway salaries. Oh, I can do that. I can sing too. Okay, let me do that. I want to, I want to be on Broadway. So that was the epiphany in like college even though like since I was a kid and I was dancing I was acting around the house too wearing wigs and doing all that stuff so I don't know the epiphany came came in college after I was already a dance major and Florida State has a musical theater school too and they have a great acting school but yeah I didn't come until like my senior year And then upon graduating, what was that? Was it easy to go to New York? What was that transition like? It was not. I. It's funny because when you're younger, uh, do you know about the law of attraction? Yes. Okay. I live in LA. I mean, yeah. <laughs> somebody handed me the secret. Like you get off the plane, somebody hands you the secret. <laughs> manifest. Yeah. So yeah. when you're younger, you manifest stuff a lot easier really? because you haven't like been in the world yet. So the rejection's not there. The, you know, you're not jaded from the people you meet and stuff like that. So when I was younger, anything that I said, oh, I want that. I'm going to get that. It happened. I manifested stuff like that. So much to the point where I thought I was the only real person in the world and everybody else was robots. Kind of like, uh, what's that Jim Carrey movie? Yeah, yeah I just re-watched it. The, the Truman Show. Yes, kind of like The Truman Show. I really thought I was in The Truman Show in high school. By the way, that was not my childhood, just so you know. <laughs> it's been the opposite for me. So yeah, so like anything, I was like, I was in like the 10th grade and I was like, mm, I'm going to be on the varsity cheerleading squad. And guess what? Then it happened. And then I was like, ugh. I'm going to be on the varsity softball team. And then it happened. Oh, I'm going to be the best ballet person in my class. And then they skip me two levels. Like anything that I want, I like, I literally got. Slash, but you have to be really hardworking and also very talented. Right? Is that fair enough? Or you just like. I don't think hardworking came into play. I mean, I had that work. Yeah, I had that work ethic because of like. Kobe was one of my heroes, Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. But it was more so like, I want it, now I have it. Mm -hmm. Like easy, like easily and effortlessly like that. That's how I want my manifest life to be now, but it's not. (laughs) So back to the question of moving to New York. I mean, I had gotten to the college that I wanted to get in. I had gotten to their dance program. And at the time, they were number two after Juilliard. Like, it, I was just getting everything. And then, like, in college, stuff started to happen where I had to work hard for stuff. And I was like, what? So I felt like after I graduated, if I had to work hard in college, after I graduated, it's probably going to be harder. And so I was scared to move to New York. And so after I graduated, I just stayed in Tallahassee for two years. <laughs> like, and then I was, I had to like, I gained weight. I had to literally get the balls to be like, okay, 
I'm going to say that I'm going to move to New York. And it's funny because I saw a Facebook post that I wrote. Because, you know, Facebook has those memory posts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I wrote it, like, on September 2nd. And it was like, I'm saving up this year because I'm moving to New York next year. And it was, like, September 2nd of 2007. And I did. And I did. I, I wrote that. And then it happened. I moved to New York in 2008. Yeah. But I'm from Virginia. So me just chilling around in Tallahassee. <laughs> What was that like? And and then I'll 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 move things forward because I know I have to stick to the schedule. But what was I, that like? Well, was, you wrote on your bio. You just kept on going deeper in the south, and like you know, yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, um, I mean Tallahassee wasn't that bad, but Thomasville is like right above Tallahassee, Thomasville, Georgia, and that's a pretty racist town. Mm-hmm. But um. It wasn't that bad. The economy was bad because Bush was president. We were in a recession. And so it was hard to find a job. I was finding little odd jobs like, okay, teaching dance in elementary school. Okay, working somewhere, making marketing phone calls and, you know, doing all these little things. And plus, I was in a sorority. So, like, uh, bringing in new initiates and pledging these girls and doing all this. And, um, I, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> it happens though. I feel like there's a post. So I have a theory of many theories. One of it is that there's a post-graduation funk because I had a post-graduation funk, which looked like watching lifetime for at least three months straight while <laughs> intending to have a professional a career as a professional dancer and being like, I can't move from the couch and all this stuff. And when I talked to some other people, especially who didn't go um, directly into a corporate job, it's kind of like you look at it and you've been in the structure of schooling for at least 13 years. If you go to college, I mean, that's like 15, 16, 17, 17, you know, a lot. And then you graduate and you might be burnt out. Like you don't know what the world has to hold. So yeah, I had a lot of stuckness. Um, and I felt like what's wrong with me. I can't just, that's my memory of myself. What's wrong with me. I should be be like in five dance classes a day. And I was working really hard, pushing really hard and also very, uh, kind of procrastinating a ton and just drained at the same time. Yeah. I think mine was mostly like fear. And also what had happened was my college boyfriend who, um, I was with most of college off and on. He had, you know, you think like you plan this life and you think, oh, I'm going to be engaged and then I'm going to get married right after college. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to do whatever this career is that I'm going to do. But when he cheated on me and had a baby. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So that didn't happen. That didn't happen. So, So that didn't. So. He did propose and I ended up saying, no, you just had a baby on me. You know what I'm saying? So um, it, it didn't happen like I wanted to, which put more fear in my mind of moving to New York because I'm like, if that didn't happen the way I wanted it to, I'm going to go to New York and be in this big city and fail. And there was a little bit of scared of failing and scared of succeeding at the mm-hmm. same time. Cause then if I succeed, then what do what's next? So what was, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to, and not to skip over. That's a huge life event. I'm also listening on audiobook to Esther Perel's the state of affairs. She's a, a, a love in, she's a, uh, I don't know the exact verbiage, but a romance psychologist. She's fascinating. I love listening to her. And her whole thing is that there's, She's not taking away moral responsibility, but there's so much cheating. She says there's so much that can be learned that gets missed. Really, what's going on here that it happens so often? Mm-hmm. You know? And it, it's deep. I, I feel like I could talk about what I'm getting out of it for the rest of it. And I hope that I'm not misrepresenting it. It's just literally, she's like, it, traditionally, people go to these extremes of the spectrum around analyzing it but there's so much more to break down within it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm list- it's kind of hard to listen to because it's like a lot of triggers in there, but it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Not fascinating in a like, let's make life a hu- you know, an experiment. <laughs> fascinating like, oh my goodness, I would have, that's her ge- genius, I think. I would have never looked at this in five different ways. And again, it's not about 
taking away, making something right or wrong. It's just, you know, one whole chapter is about, well, how are we defining relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and not and it's a- relationships are so new in this social media area. It, it's ridiculous. But yeah, I, I, I mean, like, when you think your life's going to be one way, like, I thought I would be married with children, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So then that whole other thing had to happen. Um, But I'm happy that I'm not, you know, so I'm, it happened for a reason and I'm happy that it happened. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh man, we could, oh, we could talk about that for a while. And I I hope you don't (laughs) think I brushed over it. Like, well, there's a book on it. And like, no, 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 no. Like it's deep. And there's, I happen to be listening to an audio book about it because I'm, I'm curious about, I'm curious about these things that, you know, happen so often. And so what would you say? I'm going to keep it kind of like, you know, to the point. What would you say? Being scared of success, being scared of failure. If you could really sum it up to like, what's that catalyst that actually had you get up and go to New York? I was unhappy and I I was unhappy because I wasn't dancing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, I just need to get out of here and go dance. So, yeah. So that moved me. And then skipping over a whole bunch, but I'm going to kind of jump to it. Getting a role on Tina, what, what was that like from the call to like just knowing that it exists, that there was a call for it to you becoming a part of the production? Ooh, okay. So Tina Turner, idol, icon, everything. And when I was little... And I used to go to my great grandma's house and she lived in the country, but my grandma, my mom, all of us, we lived in the city of Richmond. And my great grandma lived in the country and I used to hate going to her house because it was so hot and she still had plastic on her furniture. And I used to fall asleep and wake up with lines of sweat. (laughs) And, but every time I was over there, she had this Tina Turner VHS that we used to watch all the time. And so my great-grandma loved Tina Turner, and my grandma loved Tina Turner. And when I heard that she was getting a musical in 2017, I put, it, I put Tina Turner on my vision board. She was on my vision board 2017, 2018, and 2019. So the show opened in London before it opened here. And I knew that they were having auditions here in uh, 2018, 2019. When the audition came, I knew I was perfect for it. Like, I've been studying Tina since I was, like, a baby, watching that VH, same VHS over and over and over and over again. I went to the audition. I didn't hear anything for a while. And then, like, maybe a month and a half later, I got a callback, which is so weird. Because callbacks aren't usually that far in between, you know? Oop. One of my vision boards almost fell. So It's a sign. <laughs> <laughs> so I um I got the callback and I went the callback was singing because the dancing I had just passed and I worked with my vocal coach on a song to sing and it was like a new song and I don't it was Sweet Bang by Shaka Khan. Pianists didn't know the song. So <laughs> so I think you know sight reading is a gift. Everybody doesn't have or everybody does have and when these people hire pianists you you never know what you're going to get really if they know the song even better it's Shaka Khan he did not know Shaka Khan butchered my song it was horrible I was mortified and so I did not get um a call back after that and I was upset that was November of 2018 so then April of 2019, I got another call for it. They were still looking for people. And so I was like, yes, this is my turn. Thank you, God. Second time around, I passed the dance portion, fine. And then I had my vocal coach, we picked another cut of the same song that was easier for the pianist to play. So I was like, this is gonna go great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this. The day of my callback, I woke up and I could not swallow. I could not swallow. Everything hurt. Everything was swollen. I went to um, 
what is it called? Emergency uh, care? Urgent care. Urgent care. I went to urgent care and they tested me for strep. I was like, if I have strep, God, we're going to be in a fight. It was so swollen. They couldn't even get the stick that far back to test me for strep. They were just like, pop, and got it back in my throat. And I was like, Ugh. And they tested it. And I was like, oh, no, you don't have strep. This is allergies. I said, what? Allergies? Allergies have closed my throat on the day of my callback. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, my God. So I couldn't tell my agent. I just went in there and I tried my best and it was horrible. And I did not get a call back after that. And I cried for like a week because I was like, what do you want from me, higher being? Like, we discussed this. This has been on my vision board. You've been training me for this since I was watching those VHS tapes. And you let allergies do this to me? Yeah, I, I even cried on the phone with my agent. It was it was a mess. And then they released the cast lit the cast in like June, and a couple of my friends had got it, and I had congratulated them. And the show opened in uh, November of 2019, and um, and that was that. And then you know I had said, okay, Broadway, I'm done with you. I'm not doing you anymore. I'm going to focus on TV and television. So I quit Broadway. I quit Broadway, I decided in January of 2020. And I every January 2020, I make a new vision board and I write down, other than the vision board, I write down a goal sheet of 10 things, 10 goals for the year. And Broadway was not one of them. And this was the first year since 2008 that Broadway was not a goal. Broadway had been a goal for 12 years, like all my New York life, is why I moved to New York. And so I quit it. And I was like, I'm done. It's been 12 years. I'm focusing on TV right now. I have booked my first co-star role in November. And I was like, let's just do that. Let's just do TV. And then my agent was, no. And then what happened was my friend Destiny, who was in Tina, had put her testimony on Instagram on how in November, she had auditioned and they said she was too short and blah, 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 blah. And then she auditioned again at the same time I did that April. And then after much back and forth with her agent and her height and all this stuff, she had booked it. And I had read her testimony and I had said, girl, I wish I could tell you my testimony. It's been uh, me and Tina, like, <laughs> and me and Destiny, did dream girls together at north shore music yeah at north shore in 2015 so that's when i met her she responded when i put like i hopefully you know i have a story about tina too she was like i just you know recommended you to our dance captain because we needed an emergency replacement and i was like oh okay well i guess it was meant for me to see your story then so then the next day, my agent sent me the audition, and then I did the dance call, and then the next day after that was the singing and the learning of the, we have four sides, and each side was maybe like two pages. And for some reason, since I had learned it before, it just came back like that. And we had to learn four songs. So um, I had already had it recorded on my phone from learning it in the past. But um, Destiny, I think she told me to just focus on Shake Your Tail Feather. I didn't know what role I was going in for. I just know they needed an emergency replacement. I just know it was before the Tonys. So I would still be a part of the original Broadway cast. So then did that. I meditated before my callback. I went in, I, I sang the best I could with what the acoustics were in the room. Um, I acted the sides, they gave me direction. I did the direction they wanted me to do. And then I went home and me and my brother got in a big argument on the phone for like an hour outside of my apartment, <laughs> like arguing, like cursing each other out, like going back and forth, pacing. And then the next day, my agent called me and I literally sat on my kitchen floor like, you know, I quit Broadway, you know, I quit going for Broadway. And now I have my Broadway debut. And my agent was so cute. He called, he played uh, 
Kyle Marion in the background. And then he turned it up and then he turned it down. He was like, are you ready to make your Broadway debut? And I was like, what? What? And it's crazy how it happened with the whole Destiny thing, how she posted. And you know, Instagram algorithm is trash. It's unpredictable. So you never know whose stuff you're going to see. I barely, rarely see my friend's stuff. So the fact that I saw her story, I commented on it. And she was like, I just pitched you today. And the role was Tina's sister, Eileen. And Eileen has like basically all most of the comedy in the show so it was perfect Woo! <laughs> and it then there's so much i want to ask you but so not graceful on my part but what, what was it like you know because I, I know the dance community in la and everything we saw like we were looking i'm saying we the what i was seeing posted and what the feeling was we're looking at broadway and we see how, you know, eventually it's like Broadway suspended, it's shut down. What was, what was that like? How have people been coping with it? And I, it's, it hurts me a little bit to ask because it's like, it is not a light situation. I think it's, it wasn't that bad at first because, you know, they never shut down Broadway. So it has to be something super serious for them to do it. And when they did on March 12th, I was going in for a fitting because I was transitioning into a swing role. Mm-hmm. So I was going in into a fitting and, and, and I saw Playbill post what they posted and I texted the costumer and I was like, do I still have to come in today? And he was like, yeah, why? And I was like, did you read? They just said Broadway is shut down. And he was like, wait, 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 let me text you back. And so he looked it up and he was like, uh, I guess you don't have to come in. And you know, the, the first thing that they said was it was only going to be like a month. They were like, we'll see you guys in April. That's why I think the blue wasn't as hard. Cause it was like, it was just a month. My body was tired anyway. Like I had had like literally 13 days of rehearsal and then I was in the show. So it was a very intense process. And I also had family coming in and out of the city to see me in the show for that amount of time before I went into that swing role. So I was exhausted. And I was like, okay, just a month. This is fine. Like, my fi- the finances aren't going to be that bad because it's just a month, you know? And then into a m- after, they were like, okay, September. And I was like, okay, now this September? Okay, maybe I, I, I don't know. Um, and now they're like, early 2021 or spring 2021. And then Dr. Fauci just did an interview. It's probably like, it's going to be 2022. So it's, it keeps getting harder and harder. It was easy at first. Cause you know, you, you, you know, like I have a job, I have a job to go back to, but like, like yesterday was hard for me. Like mm-hmm. every day is different, but it's just like, I'm ready to go back to work. Like, I want to work. I want to perform. I, I want to get paid for my art. I want to, you know, have the audience. I want adrenaline. I want dopamine. I want all this stuff that I'm not getting right now. So it wasn't hard at first, but each day now, it's harder and harder and harder. And I appreciate you even answering the question because it's, I know it's a, it must be such a sore point to not even put it well. And I'm asking about it, but um, I appreciate that. And I, I don't, you know, I don't take it for granted. And in this time, it's been six months so far. What have you found is like the worst way one can hand, one can handle this. And what's like the best thing that you've learned in terms of coping. And I know it's an ongoing process. Yeah, it's definitely ongoing. Uh, I, I think the worst way you can handle it is, I, do, I don't know. I mean, I can't judge you for ways, I can't judge anyone for ways that they're coping, you know? Totally. I'm not going to sit around and eat Cinnabons and potato chips and just sit here and watch TV because that's just not how I cope. My coping has to, my therapist says my coping is my plant. Like, who takes their plants for surgery? <laughs> like, my coping, yeah, it's different every day. It might be my plants, or then it might be writing something, or then it might be going out skating. Like, 
I'm, I'm a skater now. I'm, I'm trying to be a jam skater where I'm teaching myself tricks and stuff. I'm buying expensive ass skates to teach myself these things. It might be just sitting down watching TV one day. It might be not answering the phone one day. It might be getting off social media one day. So everything, every coping thing is different. Um, and some days it might be buying everything I can find on Amazon or buying a plane ticket and switching it and keep switching it and keep switching it. <laughs> just, to, just to buy something, just to feel like you're going somewhere and you're not just sitting in your apartment because it was traumatic here in New York. You know, those March and April. It was like I was the in apocalypse. LA at the time. Yeah, I was in LA just calling my fa- My family was like fleeing, but seeing all the footage and yeah. It was, it was like traumatic. And I live a block away from a hospital and constant oh sirens, constant sirens. And five people in my building died. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was. And oh I was goodness. not leaving the house to the point where the front doorman in my building called up to my apartment to see if I was alive. Because they were like, we haven't seen you leave the house in two weeks. We want to just make sure you were alive. But I would have to put on like my makeshift hazmat suit just to take out my trash. And I wouldn't take out my trash unless I was going to my mailbox or unless I was making the trip to the grocery store. Like, that's how strategic you have to be up here. It was a mess. And so when I was seeing, you know, all these people all willy-nilly just going and living their lives and not worried about it, while meanwhile we're up here in New York in this trauma, like... (laughs) I can't judge anybody for how they're coping because... You're right. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to say? Like right now, my, so LA is much lower than it was a couple weeks ago, but my Instagram feed looks like spring break right now. I don't know if you have LA friends. Is there anything, it's more spread out and also there are cases and it's high. Is there anything having endured and still being in the aftermath of New York that you want to say to people in places like that or recommendations (laughs) or like anything? In New York, when people say New York tough, like I get it. I totally get it. Because our governor was like, I we love- put our mask mandates out in April. Yeah. We have mask mandates for everywhere. Like, we have to have a mask. And New Yorkers buckled down. And I did not see anybody anywhere without a mask. God bless them. Even homeless people have masks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so we buckle down and we do it and we get it right the first time is what New Yorkers do. And I thank God for that because now we can like go outside and go to the basketball courts and our rates keep, they keep getting lower. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even with all this, it's hot outside and everybody wants to be at the pool and loving on each other. We're still wearing masks. Yeah. So New Yorkers, they just, they just, they're just hardcore and they just do it. And I love it. And when I was talking about my Virgo tendencies earlier, I love that because that's what stresses me out about and it's why when everybody was fleeing and going to their hometowns i didn't go to virginia because they were tripping down there (laughs) and that would stress me out i want to be mindful of the time we got five minutes all right so Mm -hmm. i'll ask you a one minute question and then we're going to wrap up with one more is that cool cool let's do it okay sorry to cut you off Real quick, what are you seeing? Is that what you're seeing Broadway doing right now? People just kind of all going home or are you noticing any trends? I know you can't speak on behalf of a huge community, but like what is Broadway doing from your perspective? Um, I don't know what it is. Uh, I think the Ensemblist did a survey and they posted like some uh, graphs of who was at home, who stayed, who went and came back. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of people uh, kind of stayed. Dope. Yeah. And then you create, you've been creating in this time. Can you tell me a little bit about that? What you've created beyond your, your plant life and skate life? <laughs> I created a uh, two web series. One was called quarantine French because I started learning French. Mm-hmm. That, that's been on my vision board since 2018 and I really haven't had time, but now I do. Mm-hmm. So I started learning French on Duolingo. And so I had a series called quarantine French and it's basically French phrases of the things that you're doing in quarantine. So like all these damn dishes, I can't stop eating. Like Can I all hear that one? Stuff. Let me see. Um, they continue de manger is I can't stop eating. 
<laughs> so yeah so that one um and then i have one called the real world coronavirus and it's based off the mtv series the real world but it's coronavirus so everybody's filming from their own homes and we're like stuck in a google hangout together and it's like these different characters being ridiculous in this google hangout um so yeah so that that has four episodes it's on youtube and uh, I put Quarantine French on YouTube, but all of these are on my Instagram. What's your um, Instagram? At Natonia Monet. Yeah, and I made one called Pandemic Episodes, but I haven't made episode two yet. And it's basically, it's me and, what is it called? Um, personification. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm making things into person. So whether I'm talking to my foot or whether I'm talking to is that <laughs> the TJ Maxx. Am I... Did I have I just, no idea. Okay. Anthropomorph. Anthropomorphize. <laughs> I could be completely wrong. I could be so wrong. I'm either impressive right now or I'm not. Anthropomorphic. Okay, just keep on going. We got... Yeah, but... Oh, no, this is not right. No, yeah, having human characteristics. Yeah, so one of them is called Pandemic Episodes, and I'm, like, talking to the TJ Maxx, uh, <laughs> as if TJ Maxx is my boyfriend. So... Yeah, I've, I've, I've been, I've been, you know, just trying to write and create funny stuff. Some days I'm motivated, some days I'm not, and I can't be hard on myself when I'm not, but I do want to keep punching out the content. And it's, it's good because my agent didn't know that side of me, but now they do. So, yeah. Awesome. So I guess kind of leaving it with, in a while from now, we're going to look back and we're going to, this would have ended, right? Mm -hmm, what's mm -hmm. something that, what's a wish that you have given all the crap of this time? What's a wish that you have for yourself, a wish that you have of, for the world right now? That we can look I back wish, and say we did that or. Mm -hmm. I wish that I have for the world is that they don't take anything for granted. Don't take anything for granted because it could be swept away. So many people have died and it sucks, you know, it's bad. Uh, and don't take travel for granted and don't take being with your loved ones for granted and don't take paying your bills on time for granted. I wish I had for myself. I hope I come out of this a TV star. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yes. Has nothing to do with nothing. Whatever. But, no, yeah, that's fabulous. I I of this a TV star. That's fabulous. <laughs> I just taught my four-year-old niece fabulous. So... I don't know why I'm sharing that, but fabulous. It's an important yeah. word. This is a distinction. How can people, so you gave your Instagram, uh, any other way that people can follow you, support you, connect with you? Oh, no, you froze. Okay, I'm oh, on Twitter. You, <laughs> you took a beat. Yay! <laughs> you just took a I'm beat. I'm on Twitter at, uh, at Natonia Monet. That's N-A-T-O-N-I-A-M-O-N-E-T. I'm on Instagram at the same, at Natonia Monet. I'm on YouTube. Um, just type in Natonia Monet and you'll find me because I don't even know what my YouTube name is. It's weird. And uh, yeah, you can support me by just watching the content I create. Uh, like it. Message me. I'll say hi. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of an introvert. So I'll say hi and then that <laughs> might be it. <laughs> Oh my if you want, god. If you want to talk about it, I could engage in a conversation, but I am such an in I'm like Michael Jackson. It's crazy. I'm like I wanna ask <laughs> you, but we're at time about wait, wait, can I just do it? Just, yeah, okay, do it, just do it. I have to okay. So I have I think I'm I'm an ambivert. Mm -hmm. I mean, like it's some intro, some extra, but people are always super surprised because they're like, don't you love performing? Or like, I thought you were a dancer. Come on, dance. And I sometimes kind of get a little bit inside myself and stuff. So you, I, would, I would never think you're an introvert. Just anything about that. A lot of people say that. A lot of people say that. But I value my alone time. Mm -hmm. And even like, even on Broadway and you're doing the show eight times a week and you're around these people all the time. Like when people go hang out after the show, Natonia goes by herself and goes home just to like re-energize. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And even like after I'm around a big crowd, there was one time where I went home when I wasn't working the show and um, I was around like a large crowd for several days and I went home and didn't talk to for three days and was just by myself for three, like no words came out of my mouth. Because 
it's a lot. And I, I really like being by myself and I like not answering the phone. And I was the only child for seven and a half years. And I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but um, I, I am a great performer. Like Michael Jackson was like Kobe Bryant, like Beyonce is a great performer, but very private, very into my, you know, meditations and very into overanalyzing stuff. And I can only do that by myself. <laughs> I hear you. Well, thank you so much for being down to do this, for having someone, a perfect stranger, just ask you some like perfect. personal questions. Perfect. Just, you know, yeah. um, ask you completely personal questions and sensitive questions <laughs> and for showing up. And as I said yesterday, like, I, I feel like it's going to be perfect. And I am so excited for everything that you're creating. Thank you for your authenticity about it. You know, you. not, yeah. not sugarcoating it. And also I'm excited for the world to continue to get to experience you and what you have to offer. Oh, bless you. That's so nice. Oh, Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Remember to share on Instagram and tag us at Dance Speak Podcast. If you have a favorite part, let us know. Subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes, and check in next week, Monday, for our new episode. In the meantime, we do have a library of 124 episodes, so be sure to peruse that. We got gems in there, and this is one of the best times, y'all, to learn, to absorb, to sit still if you can or while you're in movement and really, really get as much information as possible. See you next time. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to our Dance Speak podcast. For inquiries, suggestions, comments on your favorite guests or who you'd like to see on the show, please email us at dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-A-N-C-E-S-P-E-A-K-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And check back in next week for our latest interview. Thank you so much. 